It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, a show all about church communications and digital ministry. Come hang out with us. Megan, how are you this fine, whatever day it is, afternoon? Everything's smooshing together. We don't even know what hour it is, I, what I year it is. I don't know what today, it, what is today? Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, right? Yeah, my computer yep. just said that. It's, it, 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 didn't, it didn't like say that, it says that on the screen. My, like, my computer no, talks to me. This year's almost over. Thank God. Um, Thank God. <laughs> 2021 the end of 2020 and we will never have to say those four numbers ever again i am hoping fingers crossed have you seen the shirts that i've i've created for my store recently it goes along you didn't know that i have two shirts and one of them i call 2020 rated g and 2020 rated pg okay 2020 rated g says 2020 is terrible that's all it says on the shirt. Cool. And 2020 PG says 2020 sucks. <laughs> They're do available you wear right that now. Shirt around? I do. I have it. I have one. Um, <laughs> it's like a neon sign. It looks like an eighties kind of neon sign. Uh, I, have, I have 2020 sucks. I have that one at home. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Available now at sethviews.com slash store. Um, anyway, there's today, today I thought we would cover something a little, um, less controversial than most, but still controversial. Um, that seems to be right up our alley lately. Yeah. Bring on the controversy. Yeah. The, the, I mean, if you don't have controversy, you don't have growth, right? That's fair. <laughs> That's how diamonds are made. That's Tension. true. Let's make some diamonds, Megan, or make, make a diamond. Some diamonds. Diamonds have a theme song? I just made it up. I know it was my own melody. Okay, cool. (laughs) So whenever I I look at churches' websites and things, you can always tell like the ones that focus on copy and the ones that don't. Um, Yeah. The ones that focus on copy have less of it um, most of the time. And part of that is because they understand copywriting and they understand there's things that you don't say and... um, that we don't need to need to say, they kind of think about copy in a, in a little bit different way. And um, recent, a while back, I wrote a blog about things we should stop saying as a, as a church communicator, as a church. And today I thought we'd go through some of that and talk, talk about things we should stop saying as a church right. communicator. Because there's quite a bit out there that is, we see a lot that happens pretty consistently that just needs to not happen. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. things things maybe we should stop writing, things we should stop doing when it comes to copy, um, whether that's your website, social media captions, emails, texts, I don't know. So today we're doing best practices on copywriting. Kind of, yeah. 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 I don't really know kinda what sorta. I'll... Kind of, sort of. Yeah, sure. Welcome to kind of, sort of copywriting. Why not? Let's <laughs> let's see what happens. <clears throat> We've got a loose plan. Sure. Uh, so... Let's start with just, let's go down the list here and let's just talk through a a few of them. Um, The first one I thought was the most important one. And whenever you're writing copy, it's ignoring what's in it for your audience. What's Mm -hmm. in it for them. I think that a lot of us often write to give information and forget what's in it for them is not necessarily the information, but what's in it for them. Why should, why should they care? Is kind of what I'm getting at. 
Do you see that a lot? Well, I think we have to remember that we live in a narcissistic society and yeah. there's there's so much coming at us all of the time that for our brains to be able to stick on something, we need to understand that it brings value to us. Yeah. And so if what you're saying involves you as the hero, mm-hmm. then it's not going to stick. Nope. Your audience has to be the hero. Your mm-hmm. audience has to be the one that has the value and is the center of the story and um, otherwise they're just going to keep scrolling because there's just too much to absorb. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're, we're, we're a narcissistic society as much as I hate to say that. Like we just are, that's yeah. why social media works. And, it, and it's not like a, talking about ourselves. And that's not really a slam. I mean, it's just kind of an observation of how we operate. I mean, why, why should you, you, you may wonder, like I put this information in the bulletin on the slide, uh, on the website, we posted three times about it and somebody still walks up to you and goes, I didn't know that was going on. And you go, why? It was everywhere. It's like, this is kind of why is that mm-hmm. in all of that, either honestly, they just don't pay attention, you know, didn't see it and uh, you know, or they did see it, but it didn't compel them to remember it. There wasn't anything that hooked them into what you wrote about that. Uh, it's also them not seeing it often enough. Yeah, that too. Um, but I think if, if we can fix the, here's why you should care. And, and, and an example of that is, is really talking about the problem you solve whenever you're, you're talking about events or, uh, programs. It's like, that's kind of the, what's in it for them is that you solve a problem. And, you know, I know that for a lot of us, it feels like when we write that way, we're just talking about the negative things all the time. We don't want to be negative. We want to want to be positive. And I don't know how many real good websites or social media posts that trying to be positive is actually ruined because of that very thing, because we didn't give them anything that you actually do for them. Um, you know, so for instance, if you're running a marriage class, I always like to use marriage classes as an example, because a lot of churches have those, but if you're running a marriage class, you know, improve your marriage is not compelling. A lot of people don't feel like their marriages need too much improvement. They're, they're like, it's not perfect, but we're okay. You know, when you, when you talk to a specific problem, like illustrate an argument you might have that's really trivial and talk about how that can become a big deal, like how to load the dishwasher or which, which way does the toilet paper need to go up on the top or underneath when you install the roll, you know, like those types of things. That is an argument that is worth having. It is. And it obviously goes on the top, but just. It obviously goes under. Oh, come on. The patent says on the top. (laughs) <laughs> the patent is the picture Mm-mm, on the sir. top. That's another podcast episode. Well, you know, Megan's not right about everything, guys. So anyway. Um. <laughs> well, this, this just reminds me, this kind of goes back to like the story brand one-liner yeah. situation, right? Exactly. So the one-liner works because it starts off with a problem. Oh, that's a problem I have. Mm-hmm. I obviously want to fix my problems. Then you talk about six, talk about success. Yeah. So um, the, like for, if we just use marriages, for example, Problem is communication is difficult. I'm going to be super simple. Communication yeah. is difficult. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Right. And then you could talk about the solution. Mm-hmm. When you follow this three-step process, it clears communication barriers. Yeah. Whatever. And I like to follow that, that simple formula of problem, solution, call to action. Yeah. And whenever you write a caption or a blurb, it's, you know how it's this, this way is difficult. Well, this is why we created this solution. Here's sign up here, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. simple. 
Um, but when you, you, you have to stop and like, think about that for a second. You can't just say, here's a marriage class. And because you're a Christian, we all assume that you know that your marriage is important. You should work on it and you should care about this. So here's the class. Here's the info. Here's the button. Mm -hmm. That's not what compels people to do things. Um, and so, and the other part of that, that's compelling is that you feel seen. Yes. Right. So when you address a problem in my life that I trust, I, that, that helps me trust that mm -hmm. you're going to be able to actually address things for me. And we, nobody wants to waste their time. Right. You know, nobody wants to go to something that isn't going to address actual problems. Right. And so when you, when you mention that, when you talk about it, that helps me know that, oh, you actually know what I'm talking, what I'm walking through, what I'm going through, you relate to it mm -hmm. and therefore you're going to speak to it and, and, and change it. For me. You're and, going to help me change that. And I want to address the common rebuttal to that from many churches is that if you get too specific with a problem, you leave people out. And I would say one, by not being specific, you're kind of leaving everybody out that right. wasn't already interested in the first place. But second, you can't be there for everybody. I mean, you can't expect everyone to want that. And what you need to do is figure out what's the best way to get the most of them and try to get that um, when you're advertising for things, especially um, when you have sp specific and specialized messages, you get the target and then you get the people around the target as well. But if you have a generalized nothing kind of message, you get none of it. It's too surface. It's you, yeah. you get maybe the outer ring, you know, and, and that's mm -hmm. it. Of a bullseye. That's what I had in my head in case someone didn't know that. I followed. You I follow followed me? What, okay. you put, what you were laying down. I yeah. picked it up. So I feel like there's, there's more power in a specific problem, solution, call to action type of writing pretty much everywhere. And I mean, for captions, for social media, in your emails, anytime you want somebody to do something, you got to start with problem solution before you ask for something. You've got to show them what's in it for them. And I think that's a big miss when churches don't think about that. Yep. Um, all right. So number two, do you want, do you want to take this one? You want to start with this one? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so number two would be asking a yes or no question. Yes. Because <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a uh, Megan, do you, do you want to go to the student ministry event? Do you like cats? <laughs> if I say no, we're done talking. <laughs> Yeah. So if you ask a yes or no question, that is like, then you're going, then talk about excluding people. Like you're going to absolutely exclude people. Also, they're kind of super boring, mm -hmm. right? Like there's nothing interesting about it. There's nothing captivating about yeah. it. There's nothing that draws me in. It's just, you want something from me and now I have to think about it. Like mm -hmm. it's just a really old school market marketing tactic that we would need, just need to drop. Right. Yeah. And, there, and I'll say, obviously on all of these, there's times where it's like, it works, it's okay, whatever. But for the most part, I think asking this yes or no question, it sounds like this. Let's use our marriage classes example again. Here's what it looks like in the church. Do you want to improve your marriage? Do you want to get, do you want to get closer to your spouse? What if they say No. They're done reading no matter what else. And maybe they need it, but they're done. You know what I'm saying? So you've basically just excluded them immediately. You've allowed them to disqualify yeah. themselves immediately without even hearing you out because you started with a yes or no question by asking them a yes or no question. And, and I think that when you, if they answer yes, they might've said yes anyway at, at the end by hearing you out anyway. 
and just talking about the problem you solve, the solution, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you ask the question as a yes or no and try to state the problem that way, you can cut people out of hearing the rest of the copy. Well, and it goes back to defining the problem. Like you need to define the problem clearly and specifically and not just generically. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's the passive aggressive kind of nature of, of the church a little bit in that we don't want to tell you what your problem is. We don't want to be that in, intrusive. We want to ask you if you do you have this problem. You got this. You well, want to come it's on? Just a really, it's just a really like it's a it's a an unsuccessful way of trying to relate to people. Yeah. You know, like we're trying to be relatable, but it just it just doesn't I don't I don't think it works. Right. I don't to either. do it that way. I don't either. We're, I think we're trying to say we know what your problems are. Yeah, it's like cuz it immediately what it does is it kind of de- uh erodes, I guess is the word, erodes your authority a little bit as a church that says, "Do you want to do this?" instead of here's what we need to do. Yeah, you're not the guide, right? right. Yeah, it, you're so right. That's so good. It positions you as a I don't know, fellow hero trying to figure things out. And yeah, in the story brand framework, they, you know, people don't want to find other heroes on a quest. They're on their own quest. You know, they need somebody that's yeah. been there and knows what they're doing. So yeah. it does take you out of that authority position a little bit too. So uh, third one, long paragraphs without breaks. All the cricket chirps for this one. This is one. This is probably my favorite one. I die over the long paragraphs without breaks. Yeah. Like I die over it. And that's okay. I'm being a little dramatic, but honestly, like mm-hmm. people need scannable content. They need to be able to read something at a glance and know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. If it's in a big paragraph, guess what? They're not going to read it. They're just going to skip right over it and read the next one line sentence. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know what you're talking about after, I don't know, three to four seconds, they're not going to keep reading. Yeah. So it's, so we're spending all this work and it's not, it's pointless. Like we're, you're, you're not maximizing your efforts at all when you have all of this long form content like that. Right. And I'll, I'll say I, the biggest offenders here are usually on your website or an email. It's where you really see this social media too, but especially website and email where you get these long paragraphs because on a, on a wide desktop screen that you're writing it on, it looks okay. But when they get your email on the phone or they look at your website on their phone, it, it, it's a long scroll to get to the bottom of it. And it's overwhelming to the eye. It's a big block of information. Mm-hmm. They're like, Ugh. And their brain naturally scientifically just goes, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to read that. And it's, you've given them a chore instead of entertaining them to the point of, you know, coming along of a journey with you or something, whatever you're trying to do. It's just really frustrating. I would say two to three lines at the most before you take a hard paragraph. And pay attention to the things that you like to read. Like Mm -hmm. when you're scrolling, when you're reading a blog post or an email or social media post, what is it that captures you that keeps you from beginning to end? Yeah just pay attention to the way those are structured and formatted and then structure and format similarly because brains are wired the same. Like I noticed when I was reading, I think it was Ann Voskamp actually that I first like this really stuck out to me because she writes mega long um, Instagram captions. Like she just writes really long, like almost micro blogs, but they're super broken up. Like it's like three words and then another pair, you know, another sentence. right? Right. And I was like, wow, this, I'm actually reading all of this. It's really pleasing to read. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first times that it dawned on me that 
I need to really break stuff up more than what I'm comfortable with Mm -hmm. because that's what I actually am reading. So I bet that's the way other people are functioning too. Yeah. And I'd say, and and like I said, two to three lines, not two to three sentences, two to three lines. And if that's Mm -hmm. one sentence, break it and, and make it, put a space in because when your eye sees that big chunk, it tries, like you said, scan, it scans the document, scans what, you get, what, you're, what you're trying to read, and then it determines whether the level of difficulty you're going to have reading through that. And it can overwhelm your mind. And if you email late in the day when everybody's tired or, you know, whatever, then, you know, you're adding factors to them not paying attention to what you said and not getting it. Because the most important thing is not that you wrote something clever. It's that you wrote something that they read. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and, and I think that's where we, we miss sometimes because, and clever can help you, but too much clever, too much clutter, and they don't read it. Here's a good quote. Get out your pen, write this down. Unless you're driving, then ignore me, save it for later. Come back, get a pen and write this down. And I believe, and I'm doing this off the top of my head. I believe it was Mark Twain that said, I did not have time to write a short letter. So I wrote a long one instead. Mm-hmm. Just remember, it takes more time to write less copy. Yeah, it does. But it ends up saving your reader. Because again, this is, this is you thinking about what's in it for them as well. What's in it for them? An easy experience should be what's in yeah. it for them. Yeah, um, there's some, and you can look this up. I remember reading uh, some like really insanely long, which was really funny, insanely long blog post yeah. about how, like how to set up your, your blogs and your website and stuff. And there was a number specifically, like an average of the amount of pic- pixels people scroll mm-hmm. before they exit a website, before they leave, um, or like on blog posts. And it was absurdly low, like absurdly low, yeah. like I don't, I, I don't remember off the top of my head what it was, but I just always think about that of like, oh, it's just a really low amount of pixels. Make sure you're not taking up a ton of space with your words. Yeah. And I mean, you think about why someone's at a church website anyway, they're there because they already know where they're going. So they're going to that page or they're trying to figure out your service times or how to get in touch with you or how to connect with you on social or what's it like there? Can I watch some sermons? You know, it's like that kind of stuff they care about. And that doesn't take an awful lot of time to in copy to explain what's going on. So you know, you can show them where, show them where to go. And then they're, they're moving on. But I, I do want to say, I'm, I will, I believe there's a place for long form content for sure. Um, like a, a long form blog, you know, with 1500 words, but even if those, you look at those, they're broken up into sections so that you can read paragraphs and little snippets at a time so that it's not, and they have, you know, GIF images or, you know, just images breaking up that copy and it's a little bit designed so that it's not overwhelming to the eye. And so the length of it isn't always the issue as much as it is how it's broken up. If you're interesting, you know, it's, it's the old kind of content creators credo is how long is too long. And as long as it's interesting. Yeah. You know, with, I should have thrown out my guess of the pixels because I was right. I just Googled it. It's 1,200 pixels. And my guess was right. And I should have trusted my brain. 1,200 pixels. That's good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you got about, that. It's about four seconds. Oh, wow. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's on a blog, though. So keep that, keep that in mind. That doesn't apply to your email or your yeah. Instagram. But even for email, I don't want long emails, period. If I, I, I'll, I'll do this. Tell me if you do this. When I get an email... It's from like a newsletter or a business or a church. I open the email and I immediately just 
scroll down the whole thing just to see how long it is before I even read. Yes. Do you do yes. that? Mm-hmm. I do For that. sure. I do that. And if something's bolded or highlighted, I'll scan that. But if it's a lot, then I'm just like, yeah, next one. I mean, that's how I read it. I, I scan it literally swiping. Where are the headlines? What do they say? Cause that tells me if there's anything in there I want to read. And if nothing catches my eye, if I, some catches my eye, I'll read that little section. I don't even read from the top. And well, that was an interesting thing from this is it says readers who scroll past the fold. Like, you know, if you have to scroll, mm-hmm. They engage much more towards the bottom than they do at the top. Yeah, because you swipe real fast. That's where most of the content is. You swipe real fast and just boom. I know that in my personal email, I always put the shower thoughts in there at the bottom because people will scroll to the bottom for that content. Yeah. Because they like that. It's funny, you know. But I always put my most important thing I care most about at the top. Um, So that, which is another thing we'll talk about in a second. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Cliche phrases like, quote, you don't want to miss it. (laughs) I don't think anyone's surprised about this because I think we all give each other good jest about saying you don't want to miss it. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. You're not going to want to miss this one. The best series ever. Best ever, (laughs) ever of all churches. We've researched them all. We have all the data. It's everyone in. knows it's not true. Like <laughs> everyone knows it's not true, but yet we still yeah. continue to say it. I call this. I'm sorry, I'm yelling. I, I call this kind of um, WWE advertising. What's that? Well, if you've ever watched WWE wrestling, no matter what's sure coming not. up, it's always the greatest in history. No okay. ma- it's I the, thought that was like a clever acronym for no, something. No, not at all. Okay. It's, it's for a very small crowd who watches wrestling. Um, so uh, it's, it's always like, it's going to be the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. It's the greatest match of all time. He's the greatest champion of all time. It's just always the top. And they just keep going more toppy every time. And, and I think that you don't want to miss it. Sounds like that to me where it's like, it's not the greatest match of all time. It's probably going to be normal. <laughs> it's like, come on, you're just overhyping it. I get it. Well, I think the reason why we say it is because one, it doesn't e- either really doesn't actually have value. I'm just trying to convince you that it does. Yes. Or two, we don't know. We're we don't we don't know what else to say. Like right. we're too lazy to come up with something. And it may not even be laziness. It might just be a lack of information. I have, I have to write a post and they didn't give me anything on this. I have no idea what's going. So you don't want to miss it. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. True. I probably do, you know, but cool. <laughs> it, it's, it's really hard to write for things that you don't really understand. And a lot of times we, we make some decisions and communicators know this. You get handed a decision. It's like six o'clock on a Thursday. They email you and say, we need this done for the weekend. You're like, bro, what is that? Okay. I already left the office. What's up? <laughs> Okay, guess I'm working tonight. Yeah, that's so true. And then we put on our cape that's and so we pull true. it off and everybody enjoys it and <laughs> it's great. But these phrases, I think, probably have more of a cliche feeling to those of us who see them all the time um, <clears throat> than a regular person who just follows our Instagram. But like you said, it really just lacks some, it, it feels like it lacks some sincerity. When you mm. use these cliches, I mean, cliches are cliches for reasons because they've reused a lot, but it doesn't always mean they were good. 
And I think that's, you can figure out which ones are cliche at your church. You may have specific ones. I know that, you know, there's little phrases that people throw around on your church staff that had a meaning three years ago when you church, your church started or rebranded. And now nobody knows what it means. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and you may even call that your vision statement. Who knows? And people are like, I don't even know what that is. So oh, geez. The, you just can't let things be cliche. And, and I think one of the ways you let phrases become cliche, especially if there's something important, like a mission statement that become, becomes cliche, is that you frequently explain it. You know, we don't just let it fall into obscurity. Because I think yeah. cliches, like you don't want to miss it, is one thing. But sometimes it's like, we're going to go out there and, you know, tend the flock. Like, what's, what's that? You know, what does that mean? What, what's that? You know, like you come into the church, you're not a Christian and you hear, you know, I like these people. I like this thing. I've been here a month and we're going to tend the flock uh, of seagulls, <laughs> of sheep. What well, are that's, we that's a little, I mean, I, I feel what like we're, we're getting a little bit different into like the, like, real, like the church, churchy words, church terms. Yeah. yeah. You know, I guess those could be technically cliche sayings. Mm-hmm. Um, but but th- like, just, I think the thing here about like, you don't want to miss it is again, it's that if you use that, that's the missed opportunity to define the problem mm-hmm. and offer a solution. Um, maybe this should just have been a story brand episode because that's what we, that's yeah. what we keep coming back to. Story brand's good. But story brand is good. But so you don't want to miss it. Just kind of like you miss the opportunity to be a guide in that. Like, tell me why I don't yeah. want to miss it. And and I, I love what you said about sometimes we say that because we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. That's a real tension. That's a real um, problem to address. Yeah. And well, you I know, think that's you, you hit it. Be a guide, not a cheerleader. You don't need yeah. to be a cheerleader all the time. Like cliche yeah. phrases are cheerleader phrases, you know, not knocking cheerleaders. My wife was a cheerleader and quite proud of the fact that I married her. So whatever. But you don't want to be a cheerleader on all this kind of stuff. You want to be a guide and help them along. Um, and I think you're right. Those phrases do just lack that genuineness of, uh, of an opportunity there that we missed. <clears throat> all right. So let's look at the next one. Burying the lead is what I called it. Um, I, I thought it was L E A D. Like it was the lead part of the story because it means not putting the most important thing up front. What people, is it? What is it? It's not L E A D. L E D E. What? I don't understand why it is spelled that way when you say burying the lead. But somebody who worked in like journalism corrected me on a blog, and I was like, "Oh, I did not know that." Did you know also that when something is on draft, like I got draft kombucha the other day, that that draft is spelled like drought. Oh. Yes. I really I was like, um, I think your sign is wrong. Like, I think it's supposed (laughs) to say draft, but it says drought kombucha. And she's like, that's how you, oh no, that's how you spell draft. And I was like, what? (laughs) Since when? Okay. Well, here we are learning all kinds of things. So lead is L-E-D-E. Yeah. L-E-D-E, burying the lead. Um, You can Wikipedia that, but it is basically the idea of not leading off the copy with something that's really interesting or some kind of hook that makes mm-hmm. people care. And I think a lot of times we feel like we need this big buildup, especially on web pages. We're like, let's work our way down the page to the most important thing. And like, they're not going to make it down to the bottom of that page. They're not going to make 
it. <laughs> they're not going to make it down there. They're going to they're going to get about halfway and go, I don't know what they're doing. I'm done and move. And they're and they're gone. Um, but we bury the lead on our websites. We bury the lead on our emails. It's like there's a there's a lot of hey everyone i hope you're having a great day this isn't this weather great and all these things are wonderful and we're excited about this season of easter and it's like why are you emailing me bro it's like when you go to what do you um, want a, like we look up a recipe on pinterest and you're trying to figure out how to make a salad but yet you know the halloween costumes that they wore for the last five years and that they went yes. to the grocery store and bought the certain brand of dog food but their dog was allergic to it and so then yes. they go back to the grocery store but then they ended up buying this certain kind of lettuce and they just could not believe how good this lettuce was and then they took it home and then their kid colored on their wall and just jump to the recipe how frustrating it is to click something on pinterest that you're trying to make right now to find a recipe and have to fight through Lord forbid a side scrolling blog really hate those, but something that's buried down at the bottom of the page and you have to fight through a million ads to get there. So frustrating. Yeah. Um, that's not why I'm on your page. I'm not here to hear about your grocery shopping experience. I'm here to learn how to make this, you know, snickerdoodles or whatever. Um, snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodles. Like snickerdoodles. <laughs> I'm here to learn how to grill a steak better because I keep burning mine. I'm not here, you know, whatever. But uh, Fun fact, I love burnt steak. Really? I, it's the only way I eat steak. It's got to be crusty. Really? It's like yeah, you're a well no, done kind of person. Hot take, burnt steak is the best. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee, I don't know how Michael Lukaszewski would feel about that. He'll probably, he'd probably fire me. Just he don't might, tell he, him. he might. Hopefully he won't hear he this. Might. So <laughs> that uh he he's he's a big connoisseur of of uh grilled meats and, yeah. and assortments. Um but yeah, let's talk about burying the lead. Uh getting it at the front of what you're doing is really a good a best practice of copywriting. Um even if you look in news stories and like in the paper or on online magazines, it'll say something like Today in, you know, Jerusalem, this happened. And then they begin to give you all the details. It's like, here's what the story is about. They, they put it up front because they want you to know what you're getting in this story and to keep reading it. And there's an old journalistic kind of, um, I don't know if it's an idiom or mod, uh, mantra. I don't know what you call these, but a principle, I guess, is that okay. every sentence exists to get you to read the next one. You That's know, it's, good. it's always like, that. it's a key to the next statement, um, which is hard to do, but that's very hard to do, yeah. but, but that's the mentality I guess they have when they write, they, they write to bring you to the next sentence and then to want to read that one. Um, or maybe it's every paragraph. I don't know, but I mean, that's a lot of pressure on, on all those little individual sentences, but yeah. I mean, I'm here for it. I mean, the, raise the stakes. All the more reason to write fewer of them. Yeah. <laughs> It all, it all comes together at the end. Yeah. And write fewer, yeah. you got less to worry about. Um, and you can really compact your message. That's, that's ideal for me. I like that. Tell me everything I need to know. Do it somewhat cleverly if you can, but uh, just help me. So I think that's really great. All right. So the last one, I added this one in late. I like it. Ignoring CTA copy on buttons. This is the last one. Yeah. Ignoring CTA copy on buttons. In the last year or so, I've been kind of learning a little bit about this. And story brands help with this as well. But the idea is that 
you don't just want to put on a button or something you want somebody to click. You think you've already done your work, so here's the button, and all it needs to say is learn more mm-hmm. or register or click me. Uh, which click me is not bad. I hope you don't say that. I just hope don't use that one. <laughs> don't use that one. No, click me. No, don't use click that one. Click me. Nope. No. Click me. But, no, don't do that. But when you're when you're thinking about copy on the button, it's like a big red or green or whatever color button that you've got in your in your website. Obviously, they're going to click it. It's just one more extra thing you can do. I don't think it makes a huge difference as far as what people are going to do at that point or not, but it can make it, it can be the last little push over the line to clicking and doing. So give me some examples. Like what are you thinking in terms of better than like learn more or register here? Yeah. So if, so let's go back to our marriage illustration again, you've got a a problem solution call to action of your, um, your marriage classes or whatnot. Right. And you get to the button and you could say register or sign up for classes or something like that. Or you could do something like start investing in your marriage on the button. Oh yeah. Or, I love that. or, 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 or take another step in your marriage, something like that, that kind of, they know what the button does. You don't have to say, click me. You don't have to say register. You don't have, you know, you don't have to say that you can put something on that button that confirms the preferred future that they're going to yep. get. That's so good. So. You just reminded me of this and I, I totally forgot about it, but I, I was working on a project recently with an outside organization where our, our organization was partnering with them, but you had to like create an account mm-hmm. uh, to download this report that this yep. organization was providing. Right. And so the button was typically, if you weren't thinking through this would be like read the create an account. That's yeah. what the CTA was. You have to create an account, then you can download the report. But instead of saying create your account, they said, get your free report. Yeah, that's a And good I was one. like, oh, that's great because that's way more alluring mm-hmm. than create an account. And then all that does was open the pop-up that you have to create your account. But yeah. still, like, people are pretty that savvy. Was so clever. Yeah, people are pretty savvy about that. They'll figure it out. Um, yeah. Another one for, like, small groups is uh, instead of find a group, it's find your community or find your people or join a community or make some friends, you know, like something that tells you, here's what I'm going to get out of this. And if I click the button, it's almost like a, a transaction in a way, but it's a, I click this button, I get what it says is the mental thing. And, and I don't know how some people feel like, well, I want to over promise. Well, you want to promise them what you're going to try to give them. You know, you're not guaranteeing anything just because you wrote it on a button. People are not dumb. They know that they click this and maybe this won't work out. But that that's not the point. The point is you want them to click and try and, and get them to that next step. So I think you can you can really improve the the CTA copy on your buttons and on your even if it's a text link or something that you put in your website or um like even on Instagram, one of the most common ones is that becomes a cliche phrase is link in bio. You know, um, you have to get a little more creative with that. And I'm guilty of that too. Cause I just, I just run out of ideas, man. It's hard. But, um, instead of saying link in bio, say, go to my bio and click the link for, to start your journey or whatever, you know, and, and just explain it's a little bit longer, but I can't put links in an Instagram caption, which is annoying but yeah still 
Um, so I'd say take a little time when you can. If you can improve a button, it's worth it. Yep, that's good. That's a good one. So, all right, that's all I had. I'm sure other people have cliches and things that we really need to stop writing. And honestly, a lot of this was about what we need to start writing too. So um, I'd love to hear that. So in the comments of whatever, wherever you find this, this podcast, or you can reach out to us via um, sethmuse.com. There's, you know, it'll be posted there. And uh, I'd love to hear what you, th- you guys think. Uh, you can join our Facebook group, Seminary of Hard Knocks Facebook group, and talk to me about it there. I'd love to connect and see what kind of things that you're seeing out there that kind of irk you. I don't mind hearing a lot of people's complaints. I really don't. If you need a place to complain, yeah. find us on Facebook. Vent. We would love to hear from you. You like to yes. vent. If you need to vent, let's not say complaint. That's right. Let it out. It's, you just Let need to vent. Yeah. Um, I'm a good listener. I'm a good listener, guys. I'll listen to your problems. So anyway, well, that's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast for today. Thank you guys for listening. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back again soon with another fantastic episode on church communications and uh, marketing and all the things. So thanks. All the things. All the things. (laughs) So thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back soon. See you.